0: Thank you for joining us today for Tedco Talks, a new series featuring thought leaders in economic development from across the state of Maryland. Join Tedco CEO, Troy lamel Stovall in thought-provoking conversations with regional leaders about the future of Maryland's innovation ecosystem. In this episode, Troy is joined by Ben Birch, President and CEO of the Anne Arundel Economic Development Corporation. Listen now to learn more about Ben and the role he plays in supporting Maryland and DC's entrepreneurial community.
1: Hello, this is Troy Stovall. I'm the Chief Executive Officer and Executive Director for Tedco, and I'm here today as part of Tedco Talks, our, our weekly series, talking to uh, thought leaders in, in Maryland. And today, I am so happy to to uh, welcome my Oklahoma buddy and Oklahoma colleague. Uh, ben Burge, who runs the Anna Economic Development Corp. Ben, thanks for taking your time out to talk to us today. My pleasure, Troy. Great to be here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, um, I as I was looking at Ben's background when we first met, uh we both have an Oklahoma connection. Ben, he and I both spent some time in in the Sooner State and we were first reflecting on the Sooner State and particularly this week, given all the politics, uh the Sooner State hasn't changed much in my since my time there. But uh, it's still good to kind of see what's going to happen the rest of this week. And we'll see over the next couple of days and weeks as, the, as this thing plays out. Yeah, it's, it really is
2: a, a, an interesting stay up really late kind of week. And, um, <laughs> but, but you're right. Um, uh, there, there, there's interesting aspects in Oklahoma that haven't changed in the decades, um, since I was there, some things that have changed dramatically. Um, but I tell you, um, I still enjoy going back there once in a while and catching up with my friends.
1: Same. No, same here, man. You're right. I mean, I just, I spent time in Oklahoma City and I was there when Oklahoma City, the joke was downtown Oklahoma City shut down at three o'clock. It didn't even have to wait till five o'clock. But now, you know, you got all the stuff they've done there and the brick area, the brickyard area and along the river. So it's, just, it's, amazing. it's
2: amazing. Yeah, none of that was there when I was there. Um, and it's you know, just seeing the pictures of it, it's it's hard to imagine that that's the same place uh, exactly. that I drove through, and and that um I you know, but it but it's great to see um a really concerted everybody pushing in the same way economic development project like that. I, it just it it blows me away whenever I see something that that's structured and that organized, especially in a place that has struggled economically. For so many decades.
1: Oh, well, that's a great that's a great segue to what we want to talk about today. Talk about Anna Rundle, obviously your leadership at the Anne Arundel Economic Development Corp, and and the partnership with Techco. But I, I do want to start with something a little bit lighter. You know. Um, Anne Arundel is clearly known as the county that's the home of the, the state capital and the home of, of of Annapolis and the home of of the of the of the Navy Academy. But tell us, tell the viewers or, and our listeners, uh, kind of a couple of things about Anne Arundel that they may not be aware of about Anne Arundel County.
2: So Anne Arundel really is a, a fascinating place when you think of the tremendous kind of urban population densities we have in our northern and central parts when you think of Glen Burnie and and Brooklyn Park and places like that. And you go into South County and it's it's farms and it's agriculture and uh, just the the incredible diversity of the county. Um, But one thing that's interesting that a lot of people may not know is we have over 500 miles of shoreline. In the county, um, you think of all of our peninsulas, our, our, our five main peninsulas, and a lot of those peninsulas have little peninsulas and some of those little peninsulas have even more peninsulas and there 's creeks and there's rivers and uh, Most of the border we have with other jurisdictions is water and it's really um, it's really uh, an interesting, interesting uh, county and when you, when you think of that kind of of, of geography it 's it makes for interesting challenges in this kind of work because you really have to be able to adapt and adopt and be flexible to the incredibly different business needs, um, whether it's a farmer in South County or it's north of Grumman, you know, and, and everything in between.
1: So talk, stay on that, Ben, if you don't mind. So again, kind of into what you do is including your leadership role there with the, 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 the development corp how that diversity influences, basically, I guess, influences the reason that you took the job and kind of your thinking in terms of how you're going to take advantage of that.
2: Sure. We, so I'm, I'm really lucky that I inherited a really, really good team. Um, and they are structured or organizationally to meet a lot of these demands. Um, so we have an ag team. We, our, our agriculture uh, team is part of our business development team who works just on agricultural issues, on our grant programs to the farms, on trying to develop our farmers' markets, um, to uh, working, we just had a legislative victory just very recently on agritourism. Uh, so we do, we do programs that both help generate revenue for, for farmers, but also to offset costs the farm through some of our grant programs like tire removal and rental equipment mm-hmm. and things like that, so it, it works both sides of the ledger for them um, at the same time, I have um, uh, people who who have in their portfolio whose area of expertise is tech, you know technology and cyber so we're able to work with the defense industry and all of the uh, the the business sector, the tech and cyber sector that work in that area around Fort Meade. Um, we also are big into uh, transportation and distribution, being uh, the home to BWI Thurgood Marshall Airport, mm-hmm. close to the Port of Baltimore. In fact, going back to one of the things people may not know about Arundel County is there is a part, a, a small portion of the port of Baltimore that's actually in Anne Arundel County. Uh,
1: that so, is news.
2: <laughs> so the um uh, the uh auto automobile uh portion um, on that side of the river is actually in Anne Arundel County. So we're big into uh, logistics and warehousing, and now with as a you know result of the pandemic, with uh, e-commerce taking off, uh, that's become huge, and we've been very well positioned to uh, handle. A lot of that additional uh, growth in that industry um, and then we have uh, we have um, also expertise in um, our, our smaller businesses, our small businesses and retail so it 's all of those different aspects of the county we already had a team set up to manage those different areas um, and our our financing programs, so our finance team are there, but one thing one major area and one tactical area, I'm looking for us to play a bigger role in. Um, we, even though we've ha- we've always had programs for minority and women-owned businesses, I still think that there is uh, a perception, a misperception that AAEDC mainly is geared towards the big businesses, the mega employers, mm-hmm. uh, you you know, your defense contractors, your developers, and and those types. Um, And I think that the smaller minority and women-owned businesses might not know that we already have programs that are available to them. So we're going to take a lot of those programs, repackage them, and add a little bit of extra uh, specified training specifically for those Mm -hmm. types of businesses and build a minority business toolbox. And again, it's for minority-owned businesses, women-owned businesses, others like veteran-owned businesses. And again, that's not a major structural change, but we want to repackage it kind of like a lot of folks understand how community colleges work. They create degree programs without adding new classes. Mm -hmm. They just repackage them, reconfigure them. We want to do something like that to draw more attention and get more um, involvement from our minority and women-owned business community. And we think by doing that and by promoting it and marketing it as something special for them that we can get them more engaged. That's outstanding. So that's so the organizational side. On a tactical side, um, Anne, Arundel for, Anne Arundel County for, for generations really has always had a lot of appeal to businesses and to residents. Uh, at the same time i think what that has done and this is just my theory my theory personally is it's created a, a bit of an of inertia so that we have not had the same um urgency to go out and recruit big businesses um and things like that. they just seem to come and that's great i'm not i'm not upset about that at all but at the same time uh, if, if we're going gangbusters like that so much, why do we still have food deserts? Why do we still have communities that, that don't have sufficient restaurants or sufficient diversity of retail? So working with my team, we're developing a very targeted attraction strategy so that we can go into particular areas, find out what they need, and then develop smaller attraction strategies just for them. Um, as an organization, we've never had a grand global attraction strategy because, again, we always seem to do pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't do well everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, you know, and again, this goes back generations. I think the, the mindset in the county is we don't need to attract Everything's fine. And that's great if you're if you're in Annapolis or you're in Crofton. But if you're in Brooklyn Park, if you're in uh, uh, Maryland City in Russet, uh, if you're in parts of, uh, you know, downtown Glen Burnie, maybe not so much. So Mm -hmm. let's try and let's try and have a smaller attraction strategy for each of those areas that's tailored to meet their needs.
1: That's outstanding. Remind us how long you've been at Anne (laughs) Arundel? July 1st of this year. That's what I thought. So you you dropped in right smack in the middle of this thing we now call the COVID pandemic, you know, the 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 public health, the the racial tension, now the political challenge, the economic challenge. So you you decided to change jobs and take on the job of economic development in the middle of all that and more. So tell us I just I get May was like no kind of what made you think about doing that? And more importantly, how has COVID maybe changed some of the things you just talked about and how that has impacted what you want to do? So
2: I always like a challenge, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this would, if you, if you go back over my career, you would see that this would be a, a fairly typical change for me. <laughs> I always seem to... Um, wander into a new job or a new assignment that is undergoing a lot of change and is looking to reshape itself. Um, Even when I came from my previous position in the county as Chief Administrative Officer, it was a brand new administration. So I was basically building that structure from scratch. Um, And now uh, when we had a a change in leadership at AAEDC, we were having discussions um, in the Pittman administration uh, couple of of our staff, our leadership staff meetings about what does what does this administration's um, version of an economic development corporation look like
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, the county executive does not believe and and this is this is a quote from him he will always say that the success of a jurisdiction should not be measured by the size of its tax base but on the health and wellness of its citizens I said that so smoothly. It's because I've said it a million times because he has said it a million times and I support that. So I helped craft or I was in the process of crafting what the new um, sort of the, the job description for the next AAEDC leader would be. And we were working on okay, these are the things we want that person to do. This is what the job description looks like. I drafted the job description. I did all that. And the county executive says, well, you're the only one who understands this. So congratulations.
1: So, you, wrote your, no, you wrote your own job. You wrote your own job
2: No good deed goes <laughs> unpunished. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and believe me, you're not the only one to give me some um, some ribbing for uh, getting involved in economic development during a global pandemic. It's, um, so, um so really um, this administration sees economic development a certain way. And it's not, it's not your dad's economic development corporation. Um, it's also not completely different from what this team has already been doing, which has been a very the incredible amount of time working directly one-on-one with businesses. It is a, it is, I compare it to the constituent services office and the county exec's office, except instead of dealing with county residents, it's county businesses, taking their calls directly, helping them with different problems, whether it's helping them with the permitting process or getting them in touch with some of our finance programs or our mentoring programs or just answering questions about how to be successful or why is this this way and things like that. So the The workflows and the relationships, those things are already there, but certainly taking us in a direction of focusing on underserved communities, um, I want to draw a little bit more attention to that uh, as this organization moves forward um, while I'm here. Gotcha.
1: You mentioned a few minutes ago the structure. You talked about your team, and obviously you're very proud of your team, and you talked about the structure of it with the tech and the cyber and the ag. And clearly we've partnered with you uh, through Tedco and and we we appreciate that partnership, but talk about kind of, as you talk about what you're trying to get done and the, and how both technology is going to help you do that. uh, And then obviously some of the roles that Tedco can help do that as well, can help you do those things.
2: Yeah, I think that, um, so I'm old enough to remember back when Tedco was created, um, back when I was working as a legislative analyst and As far as I can tell, in, in my position here, the reason TEDCO was created in terms of working with counties, it is exactly as I recall as it was supposed to be, which is, in addition to having the statewide perspective, but working with jurisdictions on the different business development aspects. And certainly, TEDCO has been an incredible partner in helping us identify or Or steering businesses to us that would benefit from uh, the tools that we and the programs that we provide um, working really well together in terms of if we have something we think uh, a, a business would be better off working with Tedco we easily hand it off to Tedco and vice versa and it's very seamless and it's been it's been working great and Certainly with our very robust um, technology, uh, tech cyber ecosystem that we have in the county, um, that's an incredibly important relationship for us to have. And just being able to have those relationships, not just as organizations, but the staff know each other well, It's, it's very phone call, sharing of information, sharing of leads, and, and really being able to pass businesses off back and forth that's in the best interest of the business, mm-hmm. that clearly, in my few months here, clearly is always at the forefront, is what's in the best interest of that company? Is it our program, or is it your program? And then maybe when you're done, it's back to being us. And there doesn't seem to be um, any ownership of Who's, you know, who gets credit for this or that? It, it's all just making businesses successful. And that's, I I know you, you know, with the team you have and with the team I have, whether that's working with Tedco or we're just working individually, everybody moving in that direction. I, I have not seen anybody at any point have any concern about who gets credit for a business being successful. Oh. You know, I,
1: I don't want to emphasize that point, you know, kind of in my role as the CEO. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I've, I've said it to you. I've said it to everyone I can speak to. I have, uh, I'm not looking for the press, you know, the press release from us or uh, to me, the press release is XYZ Maryland Company became successful. And, and mm-hmm. that's, that's the only press that I care about. And, um, and, and so as long as we all kind of have that, uh, I think we all can, can make this work better for the citizens of Maryland. Which, which brings to a really, you know, we both talked about this notion of diversity and inclusion. Uh, and I want to tie that to something you said about, you know, some of the deserts that you have, you know, the retail deserts, the food deserts that you have there in in, in County. You know, how do you, uh, what are some things that you're thinking about in terms of how to bring, because that's a challenge a lot of places, you know, so how do you kind of look at ways to try to address that that maybe, uh, either leveraging what other some other uh, of your colleagues are doing across the state, or even across the country, maybe, um, but maybe even being a, a forerunner to try to to address some of these challenges.
2: That's a that's a great question because uh, it it really tees up the 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 first part of of responding is is education.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We have to understand, or we have to understand what a community wants the community also has to have an understanding of, of how the process works yeah. um, so as part of our attraction strategy template one of the first things we focus on is education the educating the community make sure you understand what it is you're asking for make sure that this is what you know fits in with the 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 not only the desires and demands but also the long term of of that area and you know as as you know in economic development the only the only thing i can promise we can do is work our tails off <laughs> i can't i can't promise you that another business will ever show up but mm-hmm. we're going to do everything we can so what What we're working on right now is explaining to the community what we do, the programs we have, the data analysis we're willing to do, the places we're willing to go, and the doors we're willing to knock on to have those conversations, but at the same time, I don't have the resources, the staff, nor the time to knock on every single door, so let's talk about what you really want, what we think, how that need can fit into this community, how, well, maybe let's not focus on that because just down the road someone else already has that and it might be difficult to get another one in here but let's so let's try and make our uh our our, our targets realistic but aggressive at the same time like let's work very hard to achieve them um so that that's one aspect is education yep. the the next aspect is is being strategic it's again i You want to double my staff and triple my budget I'll you know I'll be on every door every doorstep out there Um, but when there are conference opportunities when there are meeting opportunities when there's an opportunity to for us to be in the room with with an organization a business um, anybody that we think can help deliver some of these types of businesses to those communities we want to know about it so we can be there. Um, we're not going to just show up and and waste time meeting and greeting. Mm-hmm. We're going to go. We're going to go into these. We're going to go into these with strategies, with desired outcomes, and we're going to work to achieve it. Um, so, but but also it's finally it's also working with our county sister agencies to make sure that if we're going to bring in this type of business, are we zoned appropriately to do it? If we're going to develop over here, are we zoned appropriately? Do we have water and sewer? Do we have enough water and sewer and Mm -hmm. um, electrical infrastructure for data centers? I don't know that unless I pick up the phone. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we need to always be communicating on these issues to make sure that, What we're asking for is not only achievable, but if we're allowed to do it, Um, if, you know, (laughs) I don't, I don't want to make all these promises and then find out that um, our general development plan is just concluded and we can't zone for that
1: type of business or something like that. So a lot of moving parts. It is a lot of moving parts. And how has COVID, I mean, has COVID for those challenges exasperated them uh, or just more readily exposed them? So, A little bit of both. I think it's certainly made
2: it very challenging for new restaurants and retail to get off the ground. We're just trying to keep them from shutting down. Let's start there. Um, At the same time, everybody's getting used to communicating electronically. So, we're, we're having more meetings and more communication than we did before. Getting somebody on a call or on a Zoom call is a thousand times easier now, <laughs> right or wrong. But if we're talking about engaging with a prospective business who, even in a best-case scenario, probably wouldn't be able to move into a new location within six to 12 months anyway at best. Um, this is the time to talk to them. Um, I think this, uh, this is going to seem like an unrelated anecdote, but I kind of read between the lines on this. So one of the big conferences a lot of people know about um, out in Las Vegas, the ICSC conference, shopping centers, retail, restaurants, developers, all kinds. Obviously, they, they canceled the 2020 meeting, rightfully so. And they've already postponed the 2021 meeting from May to December. Yeah. So to me, what, what that signaled to me was not so much, we think it'll be healthy to travel by then. What it said to me is, we think there's still room for retail to grow by then. And that we're not taking the prospects for retail, we, we still see signs of life out there. And we think that by that time, We'll be back to being able to meet. Now, I don't know if we'll be able to do that or not, but certainly that's a time horizon that we could be working now, between now and then, to start laying that groundwork because these are, you know, setting up businesses is time consuming. Um, I don't have to tell anybody that, but I think that the way we have changed the way we communicate, the, the ways we've um, been able to do some of the uh, application processes that go into starting a business, making those things more electronic, I think has, if it hasn't helped now, it has accelerated the process for making government and in some ways economic development faster in the future because of these new processes we're having to invent now just to get by.
1: So let's dig on that because it's a quick example of, of, of a small example that I like to use to talk about behavioral change. That's what I'm talking about, is behavioral Because of COVID, look, after 9-11, you know, before 9-11, you're not old enough to remember, you could walk up to a plane and get on the plane in five minutes. After 9-11, that normal turned into you had to be there an hour and a half. And we had words introduced like, you know, three ounce bottle and TSA and all that other stuff. So there's going to be a new normal that's going to emerge out of whatever it is, like, you, like you're saying. So an example, for instance, for me, and I'll see, and I think it ties a little bit into what you're talking about, my wife and I were out dining, Or two examples. We were out dining and the, the restaurant menu was a, a QR code. We had to use our cell phone to, to, bring, you know, to bring the menu up. Uh, and We even had to pay. You even paid, they didn't even have a, you paid through, you know, through your phone. So there was no, it was completely contactless with, with the server. And then the other example, though, is like she and I were trying to go out to eat one night, and it was a decent restaurant, and you needed a, rest- a reservation. You couldn't, you know, you just couldn't episodically say, hey, let's, like, tonight, Friday night, if we want to go out and eat tonight, we probably couldn't unless we want to order it in. But if we want to go sit down, not possible. And so I give you those two examples to, one, see if you agree, but B, um, what B is, is the role that technology is going to play and how we're going to do some of these, these interactions, as you just kind of mentioned. But see, kind of to a point you were making about not your grandfather's economic development corp. Will this notion that we don't have to go into the office every day change how people think about relocation of businesses and where they put businesses in the future, and how does that impact some of your strategy?
2: Yeah, I I think uh, it's going to be both a a, a very significant change. But I also think it was an it was an inevitable change. I mean, mm-hmm. this just to me, in my opinion, it's just it's just speeding things up. It's not mm-hmm. it, it's not taking us in a direction we weren't hurtling towards already. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so So as from, from a business standpoint, we're trying to work with businesses to make that transition. Already, when we first when we put out our first grant program for small businesses, it was to help them in any way they saw fit to transition into a COVID environment. Is that plexiglass partitions? Fine. Is that signage and tape on the floors? Fine. Or is that um, buying laptops and improving your network so your staff can telework?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Fine. Is it setting up so you can reconfigure your office so you have more storage for inventory to mm. switch everything to curbside. What, you, know, you decide you're the business owner. But we were focusing that program on transitioning. Um, and I think that's going to be where our focus will be for a lot of our programs moving forward. Um, we already have, like, like many organizations like ours, um, a lot of training programs and mentoring programs. And we're going to have to make sure that those training and mentoring programs are able to integrate the emerging out of the pandemic environment, because it's not going to be going back to normal. Mm-hmm. People like online shopping. Let's teach them how to shop locally online. not, not just shop online. So how do we, how can we help our small local businesses be part of that game and not just be a nice place to visit when you don't want to shop online with Amazon. So it's, it's going to be a lot of new ways to market. It's, but it's going to have to be a way to integrate small businesses that never Saw themselves never wanted to be part of the online marketplace. Be able to get into the online marketplace and still keep their character.
1: Yeah, and still be appealing. And, and yeah. that's all. That's all innovation, right? Because you know, at the end of the day, you know, obviously my job is about enhancing this innovation culture in 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 the state. And so I hear a lot of what you're saying is, how do we bring that innovation down to helping these, you know, these these local restaurants, these local shops take advantage of the fact that things aren't going to go back to normal. They may not have, if they had a 50-seat restaurant, they may only ever see 25 in it, but they still could have capacity to serve 1,000 because they've changed the way in which they do takeouts and, and curbside and all that.
2: Yeah, it, that's, that's exactly right. And a place like Anne Arundel County, which has a lot of, has always shown a lot of appeal to people uh, as a place to, to move, will probably if we have sufficient transportation networks in place if people want to move there even though they're not working there um, or vice versa where places like distribution centers can be located even though the management and a lot of the staff aren't living there or working Mm -hmm. in that building because of so much automation so much um, uh, online movement and things like that, um, we need to be prepared for all those things. I think that um, you know twenty years ago, uh, there was a lot of literature uh, on on virtual businesses, not just not just online but distributed, yep. where people are li- literally living all over the world it 's a different way to manage it 's a different way to work it 's a different way. To evaluate your staff it's it's not just an extended snow day where you're working from home. It is a completely different business model, and organizationally, we're going to be changing to that i've I've been preaching teleworking for fifteen years, so this is you know I feel like I finally have come off of a road game and I'm playing at home now <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so but it's different it's not the same. And we have to train ourselves to work differently. It's going to take years to turn that, to turn that big tanker around (laughs) because, you know, those big ships don't turn quickly. And, and we have to be patient and we have to train and we have to go through those growing pains. And so does the business community. But we can't pretend that if there was an end of the pandemic tomorrow, that everything goes back to the way it was, because a lot of things that have happened since then, people are getting used to, and they kind of like it.
1: On that, I was, I, was having, I was talking to folks, and we were going over a study with the folks to, on the shore, and clearly Anne Arundel is, if I would say, the gateway to, to, to the shore, uh, given the connection with the bridge. Um, that people are starting to make a move away from urban areas uh, and, and actually we'll talking on the shore that their housing inventory is, is almost sold out new house is, is sold out because there's such an influx and the question to you is more are you are you are you think you're going to see some redistribution of, of, of talent into some more rural areas and, and how does that impact some of the things that you're thinking about in your strategy. So,
2: I mean, I think that that's that's very possible. Um, I think that the amenities that we offer in Anne Arundel County, um, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing that we know that a lot of the businesses, especially when you look at tech and cyber are always going to, not going to want to be too far from Fort Meade. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
2: it's, it's like, I, I like to tell people I have Fort Meade and you don't. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it's the state's largest employer and um it's you know location 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 it still matters now I grew up in LA you don't have to tell me about people driving hours to go from work to home that's going to happen um Anne Arundel County has traditionally been a net exporter of jobs so mm-hmm. we have we have more people with jobs than we actually have jobs in Anne Arundel County, so mm-hmm. people travel out of the county a lot um, to go to work more than people come here to work. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not too worried about that. That that has not disrupted um, uh, the stability of our economy in any way. Um, you know, if if and and really, it is it is a very stable economy in our county. We have 10 percent, nine to 10 percent of the population of the state, but. During this pandemic now, we're only about five and a half to 6% of the um, new unemployment claims. Mm. So, And we have been trending below the statewide average in all of those employment metrics since the beginning. So we've come out of it stronger overall than most jurisdictions, um, certainly through the statewide average. So we're always going to have a high floor. We've we've proven to have a high floor over the years, and I don't think commuting patterns are the make or break issue for us.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. You didn't mention it, but you, but you did mention all your shoreline. Um, how has tourism been impacted through through this?
2: It's been pretty devastating. Um, the you know the the Annapolis Boat Show is. I mean, just...
1: I love the Bama Boat Show. Yeah, it's a great, that's a great event.
2: <laughs> what a huge loss. And, huge you know, they're already, they're already talking about what they're going to do for the next one and how they're going to, again, how are they going to pivot? What, what's what's the next boat show look like? Um, so tourism, tourism's taken quite a beating. Um, at the same time, we still seem to be doing okay on, on sort of the one or two night stay kind of day trip, weekend trip kind of things. But... uh Certainly with the restrictions on, uh, you know, with, on, on restaurants, on retail and where you can do, certainly places like downtown Annapolis, um, which are used to being, having, you know, packed bars and restaurants on weekends, pretty much 52 weekends a year. Um, and, uh, when you factor in that once the legislative session starts, a lot, of you know, um, there won 't be nearly as many people in Annapolis the, the way they 're going to be structuring the uh, the legislature, so that 's going to cut into a lot of business so it 's the professional tourism of the legislative session <laughs> ninety days of professional tourism, but also the the summer tourism the, 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 the school groups and day camp groups that come in you know, it's, it's really it 's really had a huge impact um, right. one which is why we 're working so hard to keep our agritourism side going, to get those special events out at farms to help the farms supplement their income. Uh, try and keep some of those things up and going. Explain to folks agritourism. So agritourism is basically a way for farms to bring people in for some type of activity. So, Sometimes it's farm tours. We we have some some farms that have uh, you know like these organic farms which will walk people around and teach them all different kinds of uh, uh, plants that, that they can grow that are edible that are healthy that that help with help with different type of you know uh, medicinal benefits and things like that. Or it could be the farm that wants to host a wedding. Mm. Um, so we're providing these limited it's you know limited opportunities for farms to be able to invite people in give them the right zoning and permission to have people come in so they can they can um generate revenue as that's a good. as a as a destination that's a
1: great that's almost like a wine country tour type of thing but that's exactly it like
2: what it's that's exactly what it's like
1: that's, that's great well look ben i appreciate your time today any kind of last thoughts you want to you want to share with our folks to share with me
2: um, well, first of all, I just want to reiterate that, uh, you know, we appreciate working with Tedco. We're, we're, we're happy to be a partner, not just with, um, uh, developing businesses, but also in our, 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 financing programs, working with the Volt program. So, um, and that we hope that everybody out there continues to shop local. If local means Anne Arundel County, all the better, but, but, um, you know, I think everybody is encouraging to shop local and, um, hopefully we can all get some programs out there to keep those going because that's going to be the key to our small businesses staying afloat
1: no just to reemphasize that i mean look um i'm sitting here i'm in prince george's county as we talked about i'm here in Bowie, and um, my wife was sending me a list of all the restaurants that have just shut down here in, in buoy and just not not as a commentary but there was already kind of a dearth of, of some of that amenities here in in, the, in prince george's and so to see the the, the devastation that this is having uh, in, in, in Prince George's um, this is this is real is this this there's some real damage that's being done here and so the question as you know you and I think about this in, in our respective roles is you know how do we not just uh, build and grow but build a, a different type because if we're just trying to restart then we've missed the point we've got to rethink uh, and yep. reengineer uh, w- mm-hmm. what has to happen go forward. So, yep. so I'm I'm I look forward. I, again, I've always I've enjoyed our times together, our talks together. I'm looking forward to us getting to know each other better and our organizations to continue to 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 be strong together. So, yeah, again, again, appreciate your time today. Uh, just signing off for our folks. My name is Troy Lamel Stovall with uh, Tedco. Uh, and uh, join us again next week for another talk with Tedco Talks. Thanks again, Ben. Thank you very much, Troy. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks again for listening. And a special thank you to our guest, Ben Burge, for joining in today's discussion. For more information on TechCo and its activities, check us out at www.tedcomd.com. If you enjoyed today's discussion, consider sharing and subscribing to TechCo Talks.